Welcome, everyone, with another week with your two hosts, Mordechai Weimerger and Arav Nissen. It is an honor and a pleasure and a schuss to be here with you. And I hope everyone has had a wonderful Yantiv Ashvuas at the same time. I hope everyone is doing well. And now we're here to create a little awareness in the mental health field. So we are requesting for those of you listening now that you have the ability to ask your question. So the number to call up to ask a mental health question, remember, it should be age-appropriate for children above seven and up to listen, as well as we're asking that it should not be any parenting at the age of eight. So the number to call in is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. So we are looking forward to taking a question about any other subject, 683-5858-718-683-5858. All right. So let's go ahead. And there was one question, Harvinson, that you asked me to take, a text that was sent in. And I'm going to take it even though it's what we request not to do. So the question is as follows. Hi, please respond urgently. A five and a half year uh, uh, not only like a five and a half to a seven and a half year old boy insists that he doesn't want to go to Cheder. He wants to be Nifter, so he shouldn't be able to go to Cheder. Rabbi Weinberger, I was alerted hearing such a statement, but I want your view as a therapist. A child this age who wants to die, so he doesn't go to Cheder, how can we get the child to talk? Should we wait? Should we contact the Rebbe Armanal? Please take this message because we are very concerned. It might be that he's abused or other stuff going on. How can we know what the statement means? So, Harav Nissen, we really don't take this type of questions. However, they sent it like eight or ten times. And isn't it interesting the way so far the klal that we have remains the same klal even now? And that means the reason why we don't take questions of children under the age of eight and a half is because usually the parents need some guidance, and it's not the kid that needs help. So therefore, let me tell you something. If you've got a kid between the ages of four and the ages of seven and says, I wish I'm not alive, I hate to go to school, I wish if I wouldn't be alive I wouldn't be going to school, or summer all day, or whatever else it should be, I want you to know your kid is 100% normal and absolutely no actions have to be taken. Now, I cannot say this for every case, but what I am telling you is it's normal for kids to say things like that. However, when a parent suffers from anxiety, when a parent is insecure, when it's the first child, when it's an older brother or sister that haven't been married or don't have kids, all of a sudden we start jumping to conclusions. A kid, a child that doesn't want to go to school will use anything possible. And what it takes the parents, the conference field of the kid is, all right, even when you're nifter, in Shemayim, they're school. So you're going to school anyhow. You'll see how quick they will change from, oh, I don't want to live, to I wish something else. And then that's normal. And this is what kids do. This is what kids say. And as parents, if we don't react... And if we don't jump into it, and if we don't start saying, oy vey, that's terrible, and we start building, and he goes, aha. So when I say the word, I wish I'm not alive, then the parent jumps, and the parent gets afraid, and I get attention. So we are now teaching the kid that by doing a negative behavior or negative attention, we jump into it. But now, the reason why I'm saying you need a parenting is because this information isn't enough. 
whoever's acting isn't confident in their parenting skills and isn't prepared or doesn't have the information that kids can say a lot of things. So, therefore, it's important for us to recognize that what we need to do is we need to be relaxed, be calm, take a parenting workshop so you're calm and chilled when your kids might make certain comments. The number we're looking, we've got a couple of kids on the line that we're going to take their questions. We're also looking for several adults to call in. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And just before we go to some of the kids, what do you say to this message that I've said? That it's all right if kids say these comments, you just move on. You don't spend much energy on it unless you're concerned for stuff. But kids are going to do any way to get out of school. Uh, you know very well that you say you said it all. You know that uh, this is really normal, and I wouldn't get uh, you know exciting about it. I would say this is really how many it, try to think. You know the, the parents that wrote this message, try to, to to remember how many times she said or he said to his parents or her parents the same wording. I still remember, yeah. even it's a lot of many years ago. I still remember this. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So we'll go Good. to uh, Mr. K. We are going to Mr. K. You're on with Mordechai and Herav Nissen. Hello, how are you today? Good, Baruch Hashem. Thank you. Can you speak okay. up a little? A little bit more power in your voice? Now it's better? Yes. Okay, so I have a few questions about ADHD. Um, so okay. I'm diagnosed let's, with let's... ADHD, which causes me a lot of problems, of course. And I do go to therapy, and I do take medication, but um, even though there's a few problems. First now, just to be I, sure, I, I have over here understand. that your parents gave you permission to ask the question. Is this correct? Yes. Good. Yeah. So, in my house, as you as always say, people with ADHD, their brain is running on 150 besides on uh, 60 and 70. So yes. in, in my house, I always hear, wow, you're so smart, you're so good. But in school, I hear a lot of times differently. Also, in school, the time smart, but at home, everybody says, oh, you're so smart. Um, and, and when I go to school, I hear different. So I want to clarify that first. Okay. So first, let's deal with that. And they're both right, which means at home where they're not checking your scholastics, how well you do in school, how well you're learning and you're studying. So for there, you're okay. Uh, just, um, I'm sorry, I'm just going to jump one second. Harv yes. um the 712 number that we have seems to have a block or it's not working. Uh, I think it's, we, we have, a, uh, not black, but we have uh, a sound quality that you have to raise the volume a little bit. We are, we are now, we're worried, we're going to fix it, Bezal Hashem, okay, either very tomorrow good. Or, to, uh, or, or the after. Good, no it's, problem. We have Before, a new right, equipment. So let me, good, so as long as it's recording, we'll have it on then for everyone yes. tomorrow. So the basic request, the basic understanding, let's go back to ADD, is that ADD is someone that the mind is flying all over. Very smart, very brilliant, sees things quicker, more than others, and also is instead of staying focused on one area, they see everything at all times. So they're wonderful friends, wonderful people. They want to help. They're, they're brilliant in everything. However, here's where the difficulty comes. When we have to stay focused on one task, when we need to follow, be consistent, our mind flies all over, and therefore we lose structure. 
So at home, where people first understand it, they understand that you're smart, so you're getting compliments for that. And at home, where you can help a brother or help a sister, your mother needs a little help, you need to go to the grocery and get something. Because ADDs like different stimulus, like different changes, many times, if they aren't pain, if they're not being controlled in the house, if they're not being attacked, they are the greatest helpers in the house. So at home, where you don't have to stay focused like in yeshiva learning, where there's one subject, one thought, and there are a lot of distractions, and therefore you lose distractions, bottom line, in yeshiva, you're not getting good marks. Bottom line, remaining consistent to be at your seat at 9.30 and learn till 1 o'clock is very difficult. So therefore, in school, they might make those comments and tell you you're not doing good. But at home, where you where a different set of school, skills that are needed, there you can get complimented. So does that make sense? Yes, of course. It makes a lot of sense. So again, you're still brilliant. What you need to work on is the, the tools that are needed to be successful in school is what we want you to focus and to build. And that could be sitting in one place, not leaving. That could be if your mind flies away to try to ground yourself. These are all different steps that you're going to try to and want to bring in the bring into the bring into the classroom, and you'll find that people tell you you're as much as we like learning with you and working with you. We now will even enjoy, or sorry, as much as we like being around you and having fun with you, we'll even enjoy learning. No, I think you. Should. Oh, so it means means when when people in my in my house they tell me this, they are speaking about my mind. That, that I'm yeah. very smart, and the kids yeah. in school, when they say me, they they they, uh, they spoke about my actions. Not only your actions, they're talking about your learning ability. So, I'll give you an example: you could be a very smart kid and you help everyone, but it, and you could know all the information. But if you don't take the test, or you get a 20 on the test because you decided not to fill out all the questions, because after you did five questions, you saw you know the whole test, you decided to just leave the class. So there's 20 questions, you only filled out five. You're going to get a failing mark, then people are going to say your actions are showing that you're not smart. Mm-hmm. So you could be smart, I'm, but I'm if you don't go to learning, what? When it's when it's some limit that I um, like um, these instructors that are interesting to learn, uh-huh. um, then I can sit a few hours and learn without any without anything. Yeah. That's true. And that's some of the mistakes that that people that don't know about ADD think, that ADDs could never stay focused. No. When your mind is engaged in a task, so if there is a book that's so interesting that's going on, or if there are games where there's a lot of stimulus, you're able to remain focused for hours. You can even stay focused for five days in a row. But if Mm -hmm. it's something that's That's not getting your interest, where most children will be able to study. Anyhow, ADDs will have almost an impossible time unless they learn how to really control yourself. What does the age from ADD um, does besides the ADD? Well, today, since, since 2013, or is it 14 already? It's two years that they've diagnosed everything. It's not anymore ADD. Everything is now called ADHD. There's ADHD that has a concentration issue, and there's ADHD that has concentration and an action, and like a hyperaction. Hyperactive. So it used to be called ADD, which is attention deficit disorder, that to stay focused. And then they had the ADHD, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. But when they came up every like 10 years, they touch up the psychiatry book of diagnosing. They now made it ADHD. They're all called ADHD with a 
focusing issue or with a behavioral issue as well? Because well, I think when I, when I take medication, even though my body is not jumping anymore, it's not a hyperactive, but my mind is still running so fast. That's right. And therefore, I have so, problems in school because um, 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 this kind of, you know, there are different people. Somebody, somebody is very emotional. My brain works with numbers, and I'd like to translate every word that is English, but we are using it in, in Yiddish or Russian Kurdish word, yeah. word and, and we use the Yiddish. I try to yeah. translate in my whole day. I, uh, my brain works with numbers and with cheshbonus and with measurements, you know. And there, there are kids, yeah. it's it, it really, you know, uh, annoying them. I'm speaking to them. Yeah. They said something, and I start asking 100 to, 100 to 1 questions before they finish the, the sentence. That's right. How, how do I deal with that? Well, again, that's therapy. Ask me how to deal with we create awareness. It's hard for me to tell you exactly how to deal with everything when that is the battle. That's the challenge. Mm-hmm. So I could just go short version, but the short version isn't going to help you. That's where therapy comes in, where you go with the therapist, you start writing different issues or different times it happens, you start seeing how you're going to keep to it, how you're going to do it, where are the, when you tried it and then you fell back or things didn't go well, each of these things are part of what's needed in the therapy to actually practice. So again, so your question is, how, what can you do? What was your question again, the short version? How do I de- deal with, um, I'm, I'm in school, and just um, when somebody says something, and I started asking questions before they finished their sentence, and they get angry at me, you know? That's right. Well, number one, yeah, let's try this. don't even understand me. You know, you know hold on, people... hold on. You're just doing it to me right now. Let's try this. You, you force your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. You keep your mm-hmm. mouth shut no matter what till the person finishes. And before you answer, you go, did you finish? Okay, so try it with me. Did you finish? Yes. Okay, so then I have uh, another little question. Um, you always say it's no problem to make a mistake. I have a very close family member that he doesn't accept this. Um, you know, I told him, okay, I'm, I'm very sorry. I did a mistake. Next time I will try to keep an eye, keep, keep my mind open. But he doesn't accept that. Then when I did the second time a mistake or the third time, and not even at the same at the same council, the same issue, uh, let's say Shabbos, um, uh, a cup of grape juice turned, turned over on the table and went on, on his clothes. And the next time I make a mistake, he says, oh, it's not a mistake anymore. You have, you have to, to keep an eye. I, t- I tried to tell him, what do you mean? The last time I did a mistake, you didn't even take that answer of, of sorry, I did a mistake. Now you say, oh, it's not a mistake anymore. So however, whatever I do, he has sinus. I can't explain him. Sorry, I just did a mistake. No, you have to do this. You have to do that. Okay. Now let's let, let you see. Now let me see if I got your question. So your question is, I'm telling you, and you're saying all the time, that people are okay with making mistakes, and you've got to allow yourself to make mistakes. But yet you have family members that are upset at you that tell you it's not, you can't make mistakes. And if you make mistakes, they get, they get disappointed. So how do you work with that, right? Mm-hmm. If it's the first time, yeah. they say, no, you have to watch out. If it's the second time or the third time, they say, oh, the first time it was a mistake. Now it's not a mistake anymore. Right. Are you done yet? Yep. Good. So my reply is as follows, and it's important for you to be aware, and this is part of the therapy for ADHDs. 
That is that we only see our side. So we only see the little that I made a mistake once. What really happens is we make mistakes about a thousand times. And we're not focused. And when someone gets disappointed at our mistakes, it's not at our one mistake or our two mistakes, it's at our hundredth mistakes. So people many times don't have any patience for our mistake, and we don't see it because we are thinking so many different thoughts. Let me just give you a certain muscle. Imagine you have this big, huge elephant in a very China doll, uh, in a China um, porcelain store, and it's keeping an eye on this big, huge vase that it doesn't want to knock over. But it's not realizing how just by shaking its tail, by not moving that much, it's knocking all the other china cups and breaking all that and we're saying but i didn't do this and i didn't do that you know how much more i could have done so what happens Mm -hmm. is when you have adhd because we're noticing everything and we're thinking a lot in our thoughts we're not noticing the finer points because we're driving the car at 90 miles per hour we're not noticing that just by driving by a, a village or a little city or a little town where they have 25 miles per hour and there are kids playing and you're driving 90 miles per hour, parents get afraid. Parents get upset at every little thing. And next thing you know, you don't even realize you did anything wrong when you triggered people. So number one, what's important is, yes, you're allowed to make mistakes, but part of the therapy for ADHD, which is very difficult for therapists, and that's why I don't really enjoy working with ADHD, is because we've got to show you and we've got to see within ourselves mistakes that we're having and that we're doing that we think we're even a tzaddik for doing. Do you know how challenging it is, how difficult it is when, you, when a person thinks they're so good for helping out and then you explain to them, but they didn't ask for the help? There's a cute old story, a famous like caricature from like the 1930s, 40s, 50s. He helps this little old lady cross the street like with a stick, like in her 80s, and then the lady whacks him over the head at the end. It's like a ca- like a you know a cartoon, and she says, and he says, but I helped you cross this, but I didn't want to cross. Okay. So ADHDs are many times where we think we're helping people. And really, we're getting them nervous. So you might want to help someone, bring them a coffee, but you spilled it all over them. They didn't even want a coffee. And mm-hmm. part of ADHD is what we need to learn is slow down, ask. Is this what you need? Yep. Will this I'll help? I'll try it out to keep my, my clothes because I tried it several times, and it's really, really hard to keep my... I know what you want to say. No, not you. Not you. When I uh, sit with somebody... I know exactly what he wants to say, and he's just mastering me something. I already know the answer, and I already know the whole time. It's hard to keep the it's hard to keep the the mouth closed. Really hard. But I will try it out, and I'll call you back with feedback. Excellent. So I want you to know this is this is normal. In other words, this difficulty that you have is very normal. That is what that's what it means to be ADHD. And uh, this is Arnasayan. Rabbi Mordechai. Please, go ahead. I think it's, it's a normal for any teenagers, even just Thank without you. ADHD. You know, the little bit bright and bright kids with a lot of interest in other life. And this is, you know, when it's something is boring, you're losing concentrate. You're going out of the space. You space out. You're dreaming. And the teacher's starting, why are you dreaming? Why are you doing? And, if you, and you have a brilliant kid. And you already listen to the half of the question. You know already what the, what to answer. You jump over there because this is this is the what what a brilliant kids uh, you know 
or cre- uh, let's say creative kid uh, done. And I, I don't, I see it's very normal. And yes, try to control it. That this is what you call it, avodata midot. Yeah. This is you have to work on yourself, and believe me, you can do it. This will, from your question, I'm sure that you can do it. Beautiful. Okay, thank you, Nissen, Mordechai, for the wonderful answers. Um, have a nice day. Merzeshan, you too. Thank you. And you're okay, very I will aware. call back very... the feedback. Okay. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Oh, I would love the feedback. I'd love to hear how it's working. Okay, thank you. We we'll go to Miss W. Nissen, who do we have next? Miss W. Ms. Hello? W, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello? Yes, hello. Hi. Um, I had a question. Do you hear me? We hear you loud yes. and clear. One second. Whoops. All right. Okay, we'll go to Miss, Mrs. R. Mrs. R, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. And again, for those who would like to call in, we'd look forward to taking your questions and your comments. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Looking forward to taking and hearing your questions and your comments. Go ahead, call in now. Mrs. R, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yeah, hi. I'm calling just to give you some feedback. I called a few weeks ago about a question about the neighbors and the garbage. Oh, yes. I've gotten a lot of feedback. Even this Shabbos, I got feedback about that question. Yes. I just wanted to say you were a good shliach because the hold following on, hold week... On. Let's, let's, hold on. Just before we go to the positives, let's go to the question. The question was that you had a neighbor that didn't put away the garbage, right? And when it was your turn, you always had to put it away like put, take it out to the garbage, you know, to the, to the curb, and they wouldn't do it, right? They wouldn't. They, they, um, they're very nice people. I have no problems with them. The only problem I had is about the garbage. No one pulled out the garbage mm-hmm. twice a week. Right. right. And um, the following week, um, I didn't have to do anything. They took out the garbage. And the Why? following week and the following week. What happened? You were a good shliach. How? What happened? I made a phone call. You listened oh. to me. There we go. Notice how goes Mordechai was a great shliach, sort of like it just happened magically. No, what happened? Exactly. So what happened? So you made a phone call, and what did you say on the phone call? I made a phone call. You gave me some ideas, and I guess the message got through. Hold on. No, 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 no. Rebetzin, let's help you out. When we share positives, part of the point is to be able to educate others. So people listening, I want them to learn what you did. I want you to teach to the people or teach people what you did, and therefore others can get an idea that some of the ideas work. Can you go ahead and do that? I didn't do anything. I called you up. I told you my, my, my problem. You gave me some ideas. What I, were some they didn't of those have to do anything. I guess they, listen, I guess they listened the on, someone told them, or they heard themselves. I'm not sure exactly, but the following week, it was pulled out. The following Wait, week again. Did you make a phone call? Did you tell them anything? I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word. Oh. I'm still telling you, you, you were shliach from Hashem. Okay. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. I usually like when we can. I mean, first of all, we take when the Rabbi Shalom helped. Yeah. Since you have smile without our actions or direct actions, that's great. You're right. Maybe your neighbor might have heard it. Maybe right. your neighbor didn't hear it. 
Those are all options. And I enjoy, usually my clients, you see, I would make them take a positive action that they did. So maybe the positive action was that you're brave enough to call up the phone line, you know, the radio. And the positive action is that you're ready to call them. But you have to take a power to yourself. Uh, definitely. Hashem help. Hashem does everything, but sometimes Hashem sends a shliach to help the situation. But what did the shliach do? The shliach gave me some ideas. And, and what did you do with those ideas? What? What did you do with those ideas? I, I'm telling you, I didn't have to use them. Okay, well, would you have The next week, the following ideas? week, I saw the garbage was by the curve, and then the next week also. Is it on every day they take yeah, out every week, twice a week? Every Hashem, I'm, they're doing it. Okay, now let me shift something back to you since you're on the phone with us. Do you think that the same way you resented that you had to do it all the time, that they might resent doing it all the time, what would happen if you'd call them up and let's set up a day that you do it on Mondays and I do it Thursdays, or you do it Tuesdays and I do it Thursdays? It's a three-family house, so um, okay. yeah, that would be nice. What? But I definitely, if I see the garbage wasn't taken out, I'll definitely chip in. Do you notice what you're not doing, what you're trying to avoid that I might be hearing? I'm not sure if I'm hearing it. No, I'm, we, we, I have no problem taking out the garbage. I'll do it, Amit Hashem. No, you're, what, are you, what are you not doing? What are you avoiding to do? Am I avoiding to do? Yeah. Pick up in, picking up the phone call. I'm telling them that. thank you. A, thank yeah, you. I should B, pick up the phone to my neighbors and tell, tell them thank you. Get a system in place. Right. Yeah, and by the way, yes, telling someone thank you is a great way of saying thank you. Mm. <laughs> now, let's go to what I hear. How easy is it for you to ask or to, or to speak about an issue directly? How easy for me to speak? Um, I'll tell you the truth. The husband... The one one neighbor, the husband came over to my husband and told my husband he'll take it out every Thursday, and oh. um, we want to take it out Monday, but the other neighbors took it out Monday. Okay, wonderful, nice. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. You're help. You're very welcome. Thank you for the message. Appreciate okay. it. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Bye. Okay. Okay, the number to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we have the availability to ask your question right now. So those that would like, go ahead, call up, and give me, you know, place a call. Okay, I want to, to say that uh, we, are, we are worried about the, the phone line as a problem with the, the volume, and we're trying to fix it. It's, we have a new equipment, so it's not so... Uh, easy right now, and Bezat Hashem will fix it as soon as possible, but be patient. And this show will be recording and re-run uh, re in the, in the, uh, and rerun also on, on the outline. Uh, we'll go to uh, uh, Miss B. Miss B, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello. Yes, hello. Um, so I have something going on in my class. It's like it's clicks, you know what that is? It's like yeah. there's a whole bunch of, of clicks. Of course I know what that is. So like there's one group, like, and they're very bossy, and they think that they're like the top, and they like if you can't join their group because you're considered like a nerd, 
if you try to join the group. So I want to know, like, how I should deal with it, like, which I, like, tell my friends how I should well, how to deal with it. What would you like to do? Like, stop making clicks, but it's impossible because just it's going to happen. So what are your options? I discussed this many times. I know you probably didn't hear it, but let's help you start realizing it. What do you think you should do? Um, go over to them? I don't know. Okay, that's one option. Let's say we're not going to go over to them. What other options are there? Um, Let's not focus on them. Let's pretend they don't exist. What options do you have? To, like, turn away and not, like, get myself involved. Okay, but then what will you do? But you want friends. No, I have friends. It's not that they're going to go along. It's that they're, they're bossy. They're not... They're being very mean. Yeah. So now, let's go into what are your options. What happens if first you make your own set of friends and you speak to them? And this way it means you ignore these other friends. It's not going to work. Why not? Because they're always invading our business and they're like, let's say you get back a test and they want to know the mark. Why are you telling me? Let's say I'm talking to a friend and they go like, and the head like, of the clique goes, excuse me, you have to tell me. This is like I'm part of this like class. You have to tell me. And I go, well, I'm sorry, but it's not really your business. I'm saying I would love to tell you about something that I don't want to share with you. And she goes, it's, it's too bad. I tell you to tell me, then you, you must tell me. Yeah. So let's understand. Is, do they have the issue, or is it that you have a difficult time telling them no? And what happens if you just say, I'm not answering, and you just continue moving on? not going to work. Why not? They, they're stubborn. They won't, they won't let it That's go. That's right. So, so what's happening is part of what you want to learn is how to be strong within yourself and not to get taken over by them. Realize it's not them. I mean, they are doing things that aren't polite and that aren't correct. But the issue is, the issue is that you're not strong enough to say no. Imagine you can say no, and you just stop talking to them. I had a very uncomfortable conversation with someone today, called me up, and I have a manager in my office to deal with certain issues that I don't want to deal with. And this person, however it is that they got through to me, we're not going into how that happened, but they called me up and they said, I want to discuss this, uh, this topic. And I said, I'm not ready to talk about this. And I said, I'm willing to talk about any other topic, but not this one. And they didn't Stop. I tell them, okay, I'm going to count to 10, and if we don't change topics, I'm hanging up. And they said, how do you hang up? And this, and you can't do it. It's not, I deserve the rights. And, and I go, 10, 9, 8, and went 2, and then 1. I just hung up. Do you see how, you see how easy it is to set boundaries? If you're safe with setting boundaries, if you don't need the other, you don't need the other person's validation or agreement, Again, this yeah. person has had over two, three hours of my manager's time. It's not like I'm treating someone this one. This person's got their issues. However, I still just hung up because I don't. I have a choice. Do I want to deal with that issues or not? I should just tell my friends that you, you do what you want. I'm not getting involved. That's part of it. And the other part is, imagine you don't even have to answer. Imagine they ask you, so what did you get on your test? You know they're tough. You know there are people that aren't going to take no for an answer. You just remain quiet. Then they so think, they go, oh, so 
They go, so, oh, you're embarrassed of your mark. I see. Then they Excellent. Go Watch. Play. I'm going to be them. Okay. We'll do a role play as it's cool to practice, and I want you to be you. Okay? Get ready? Yeah. So what did you get on your final? Just remain quiet. Oh, you don't want to tell me? I bet you you failed. You got a horrible mark. I told you you don't do well in class. I tell everyone no one should study with you. No one should be your friend because you're so stupid. Come on, tell me a mark. I'm sure you did well. You're just acting that way. Okay? You're like, how are you ever going to have friends if you don't answer? That's why no one likes you. And then you want to be our friend, but you don't answer my questions. I'll be your friend, but answer my questions. I'm going to tell the teacher that, like, you're just a snob. You don't answer. I want to compliment you. You did fantastic. You didn't say anything. And you know how hard it is to continue going when someone doesn't answer? And then they know, oh, well, this girl just doesn't pay, like, doesn't pay to bother her because she doesn't give in. Harav Nissen, what would you say about this? Again, you, uh, you, you answer the question. That, you know, it's <laughs> and you, you have to, to learn how to not uh, get affected from other people thinking. You, know, that what, uh, you don't think what they think, you know. Try to be yeah. yourself and don't think what they think, you know. They, wh- what do you think that they will think about you? Just that's you, that's your ways, and you want yes or not. But uh, you want to be my friend? Go ahead. You don't want to be my friend? Go ahead. I know that in the beginning it sounds very rough, but if you practice it and work on it and you see that it's working and they will stop bothering you. Yeah. I don't want people like going away thinking that I'm like, that I'm not. Like, ding, 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 ding. There That's you go. Pro. That's the trap. See, they see your weakness, and therefore they got it. Now, how can you feel confident that it's okay for people that aren't healthy to not like you? I mean, let's realize, in this world, you're going to have some people. That, now you have a choice who shouldn't like you. The nice people, the easygoing, the calm people, or the people that are full of pain. Which would you like? I'm telling you a fact someone's not going to like you. Other, the one that That's right, because let's assume you answer all their pain. Do you know what happens? You're angry, you're tense, and now the friends that you want to speak to, you're busy fetching or complaining or being hurt about how bad these people spoke about you. You know what she did? They go, okay, enough already, stop, and you bring it up. So now the friends that you want to be busy with won't have an interest, and the girls that you don't want to be interested in, they're busy talking to you the whole time, and they're getting information out of you. Right. Got it? So, yeah. just like Rav Nissen said, let's practice and be comfortable that not everyone is going to like you, so it's okay. And also, how do I do the same thing? Like, let's say one of my friends, like one of the, let's say the, let's say the head of the clique is bothering them, not necessarily me. I do the same thing. I don't answer. Give me an example. Let's hear the exact example. Give me the example. Well, let's say on the so bus. I'll say Let's say on the bus, like a girl goes, my friend that we're very close, and she goes, "Ah, this so and so is so annoying. She keeps like butting into my business. It's so annoying. So I should just not answer her." Well, what do you want to do? Maybe you want to answer her. Right, I want to help her, but ah, notice the word help. Notice what help means. What does help mean? Like, do something, like, help someone out of the situation, like, give them advice. Yeah. 
Now, notice when you want to help someone, there's a difference of giving advice. There's another, there's another level of them actually taking your advice and getting better. In therapy, we need to know the two differences, and teenagers don't know that yet. They get so stuck and busy talking to their friends for hours to help them. And then the friend says, you helped me so much, thank you. And the answer is no, they helped a little, but then it falls back. So there's a difference of giving advice, and there's another level of giving advice to the person having to get better. In therapy, we are trained with two years of supervision how we, our goal is not to the outcome is not what we focus on. We focus on the process. So if your friend complains to you about a problem that she has, you can either want to listen today or give advice today or not. Are you strong enough to say today, I don't want to? Yeah. So I should just say that I'm not comfortable speaking about it now? Yeah. But what happens if she says, but I want to speak about it now. Um, then I, um, like, say no. Mm-hmm. Or don't answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how would you feel if that happens? She goes, but why aren't you answering? You're so mean. I'm having a hard time. A different day, like, or just do what you did, like, count to ten and then say, I'm moving to a different seat. Yeah. Or just tell them now isn't good, right? And if they're continuing, just go, look. Yeah, exactly. Move to a different seat. You hit it on the nail. You got it. It's very hard. It's like, nah. Of course. That's why you're a teenager. and That's how you're learning it. It's hard for adults, especially for teenagers. But this is normal process and growth. Yeah. I should just keep quiet, and that's it. One option. How do you feel? For the click group, yeah. I'll just keep quiet and walk away or do do something else. And mm-hmm. for giving advice to my friends, I'll just say, if I don't want to speak about it, I'll just say I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. It's our pleasure. We'll see after the Shmaya. This helped you. Gave you a little help. Harav Nissen, who do yes, we have next? Yes, we're going to Mrs. W. Mrs. W. I'd like to offer people to call in 718-633. Sorry, 718 718-683-5858. Hello? Yes, hello. Hear me? Because I have a cold, so I just want to know if you hear me. Loud and clear. Thank you. Oh, great. I wanted to bring up a certain topic. I don't think it has been discussed, but we can try to discuss it. For every person to hear. Yes, so basically, um, it annoys me very much that when I talk to people about certain issues I'm going through, or I'm opening up to people and they give me advice like as if they, they know everything. They don't really know, and they don't know what I'm doing and what I'm not. Some things are very private, and they don't share everything. And they say, oh, did you try that one? Did you try this? So they give me, like, their own perspective of things, and it's very frustrating when all I just want is validation, and, and, and all I just want is a little bit of, like, just, like, support, and they just throw me off, like, totally track. I'm wondering if you have any, like, 
um, clues on that, or you never you have something that you could add. Harvnissen, good. I've got a lot of ideas. Now, Harvnissen, what do you say? Uh, yeah, or what? Now, what would you say to her question? Her question is that sometimes when she asks people advice, or someone gives her advice, they don't know the whole story, and it bothers her. Okay, so the, I think that's uh, it's her, it's your problem because you don't uh, you you don't give the whole picture, and what are you expecting for people to give you the the, the all the the right answers? Either you ask advice. So if you ask advice, and our sages, our chachamim, said you never give advice that you uh, don't believe or doing the wrong. That this this is re- really something that, but uh, uh, something very wrong. But if you don't give the old information. What do you expect from me to help you? I'm not asking for advice. I'm more sharing with them the okay. piece of information I have. All I want is like, oh, I'm sorry you're going through such a thing. Or oh, so Okay, so what you expecting uh, sympathy for them? Right, yeah, basically. Okay, so... Uh, but just throw, uh, throwing off as if it's like... I mean, I find a lot of people these days don't know how to give correct empathy or whatever. They just... Whatever, like, onion and when they could be very... Um, I'll be like, oh, be good, or whatever, on Yanam Tzajwan, and they don't know, they don't know how, what to say. Uh, okay, so, they, but you ask them something, you want to share with them something, and they try to be positive, and you feel, I, th- it, I hear that from you, you're very painful right now. It's very painful, it's very bother you. But the question like this, are you really open with your friend, that friend can be help you, or I don't know, if you don't want help, so don't share it. I would say, suggest to you right now, if you want sympathy or an empathy, I would say that take yourself to a small corner and talk with with Rebona uh, Shulam, with Avinu Shabashamayim, talk with him, and I believe that he will listen to you. And instead to expect that a, 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 a friend of you give you something, uh, you know, that you don't like to hear and you don't want, you want somebody that's some more specific, maybe you can tell them, you know, that's what I don't, I don't expect to listen to hear from you. I'm trying to get, to get something else from you. You can be more direct because nobody. I don't think that people are profiting these days, and what they were thinking about. What What do you want them to understand uh, your position? Right. Exactly. That's, that's all I want. So them. let's understand. So also sounds like you're looking more for a therapist, which has experience how to deal with emotions and will understand and can help you out. A eh? B, if you'd like validation or empathy, what would happen if you would actually ask for it? Tell the person, I'm speaking to you now, but all I would like you to do is just respond and say, wow, that must be really painful. Even as a therapist, I make that mistake sometimes, that sometimes we're working on solutions and clients want validation. I've even had one client that came for several sessions, and he felt that I should give him more validation and I told him that I'm not really here for validation. It means, yes, I can give you validation on a concept, even a session or two. However, the real focus that I do here is to make shifts and changes because I was concerned that this client is something that I call professional clients where they like to come to the therapist and fetch and then say, I went to the therapist for 10 sessions and nothing changed. So, yes, I can give a person understanding, but it's got to be with the focus of I'm going to get better. This person felt that because of the pain that they've gone through in their childhood, they need weeks and even months of just sharing their pain. And that's not something that 
I was willing to do. Not that it's not needed, not that you don't need someone, not that someone doesn't need that, but the question is if I am, if I can do that. Right. So I, I do have a therapist and I am very in, way into the recovery process. And I just sometimes I need, like, I'm going through a harder phase in my life and I need extra support from my friends, and they do know what I'm going through. So close friends know my real troubles, and they give me that. So when I go out, let's say, on a daily basis at work or I go, or I share with the people that are not in my direct circle, I don't know how to give them enough information that... Hold on, well, hold on, let's stop. Why would you do that? There's something called sneers. Sneers is not just the way we dress, also the way we act, the way we think, the way, we act, the way all that's happening. Well, I don't want to have to tell them, but sometimes it'll be like they ask questions, and it'll be like inside well, me I, I would go, keep no, it in. Uh, watch this. So go ahead. Ask me some questions. Ask me some personal questions. Um, like, oh, why are, like, why are you so tired today? You know, you look so tired today. And, and meanwhile, in my life, it's because I'm doing things. Watch a deflective things. answer. Yeah, it happens sometimes. There's something called deflective answers, which are such general answers. That's very hard for me to do. Well, exactly. Notice how the shift is back onto you, not on them. Right. I, I know. I know a lot of it's my issue, and that's why I'm asking. Also, what what that's can I do right. to protect so that's myself? That's you're in therapy, and you're going to learn to master. You're going to learn to master this. Mm-hmm. And someone sent me a message over here. First, realize that when you open to people. They want to help you, and they sympathize with you, so that's why they're sharing advice. Since many people give advice as opposed to listening, you can open the conversation by saying, you mean so much to me, and I want to share with you what I'm going through, but please listen. I don't want any advice now. Maybe a different point. Do you mind just listening? Now, right. What do you I always have that, that in my head, and then when I say it, I just forget the... I forget to repeat it, what's, what comes out of my, what I really want to say. So yeah. I'll be just sharing my, my pain so easily, and I, right. I so forget the message. As you said, you're in therapy, and this is part of your growth. So I would continue. When people say they're in therapy, I would first ask, are you a licensed therapist? Are you not a licensed uh, yeah. therapist? Are you going once a week? Are you going once in six weeks? Oh, I'm going. I'm going, going religiously. I knew okay. when I was sick. So I went, I, I go every single week. But now, right now, I'm going through a difficult period in my life, so I need, I need, this is just, it's on the surface. Wait, you said really, you're going since you're six? Deal with it. Wait, you said you're going since when? I'm going two years. Oh, two years. Do you yeah. feel a lot has changed in the two years? Yeah, a lot has changed a lot. Yeah. This is just a deeper yeah. part in me that I want to... I'm exploring. Are you going to the same therapist, or have you changed therapist during the two years process? Um, so, in the beginning, I didn't go to the same. Yeah, this therapist that I have now, I um, I have her for the past two years. Okay. So would you ask the therapist if maybe she thinks you also need another modality? Maybe you can use another therapy also, not instead of also. Um, I never asked her that, but um, what women like a different. So she does different modalities. Also, we don't just stick to one modality each time. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by different modalities? Well, there might be any, uh, there might be other methods of therapy that can help you 
go quicker while you're doing one step. So, for an example, we've got some clients that go to DBT while they're going to us as well. So we do one method and someone does something else or someone else is doing CBT. We're working on the inner pain and someone's doing an OCD because OCD therapy needs in person with a lot of different stuff out there. So sometimes you sometimes we divide it and we have two therapists working on one client to get the process quicker and to get the process done. I'm sometimes a big believer in using medication as well. Right. So, so I'm just saying there might be a lot going on. You know, you might need someone to, you might, be, you might benefit for you to be going to groups once a week besides for therapy. So right. that's a different modality, like something different than that where you can practice, we can get some skills where you'll have other people in the group and all those dynamics that come up. All I'm saying is if you're happy and you're seeing results with once a week, but you still need more. It sounds like you need more. Um, I wonder what other options there are. And I discuss this with my clients. I tell them, look, you're two years. We're moving slow. We're moving fast, but there are still other issues. What can we do to keep things going or quicker? Right. But is it point is to make it quicker or is the point is to do it? Like, I don't know if quicker is healthier now. So each of these Pushing are, it too much. Uh, I can't, it's, this is to create an awareness. I feel like we're asking now more detailed. Are you doing good? Should you do things more? That's when you go for an evaluation. I'm asking a general question for awareness. Pushing oneself through the process to get it done, is that healthy? Well, it depends who and what. If your diagnosis is anxiety, you're afraid to push. If your diagnosis is ADHD, then, then it's not healthy, then it's the other way. If your if your diagnosis is that you're afraid to let's say take the next step, like some clients need to take medication and then they start hiding behind, I don't mind taking a process. No, it really depends on the person, on their individual situation. It depends on how old they are. Sometimes there are, are boys or girls that are 18 or 19 years old, and I feel that therapy might take two and a half years. And there's now the shaducha age or someone that's 24, and I'd recommend the parents, I'd rather you take medication, be done with the whole situation in six months to a year, rather than being two to three years when this is an important, crucial stage, saying we discuss it. But sometimes the person says, I don't mind taking the longer version. But then when you say two to three years of therapy, they'll change after one year. They're going to have a difficulty dating or going through life or whatever's coming up. So it really depends. Right. Depends on your age, depends on how fu- how you're able to function, depends on how much you grew. You might have only moved 30% or 50% in two years. That means you need another two years of therapy. Right. No, While I came from a very, other... very huh? hard background. So for two years, I mean, this this type of background could take from two to three years, usually you say. So two, to saying... three, two to three more years or just another year? Maybe another year. Okay. So if Now I'm just year, learning life, how to... How do get? How do like move on in life? How do get myself um, going right. through? So this is again. So we we've created the awareness that sometimes people go, no, I want to do it the hard way. But sometimes the hard way isn't the right way. Sometimes you got to learn to cheat. Not everything has to be so difficult. Sometimes it's a control that I don't want to try different things because I like the way things are going. And then we say, I don't mind going slow when the therapist or other people suggest other systems. Right. I'm just oh, I hear that. Yeah, and yeah. that is the question where you got to work it out with your therapist. Okay, well, give me what to think about. Wow. You gave me what to think about. 
Exactly. And not only did I give you to think, I'd like you to discuss it with your therapist. Mordechai. Yes, please. Let me just, I, I'm not a therapist, but I think yeah. one, one steps, and there's one step that could be to improve a lot. Try to work on your tone when you're talking. This is, could be change uh, dramatically your, your way of, you know. Right now your tone is a painful and looking for attention. From the, try to be most, the same. even look at the mirror. And I said, this is the same wording. Look at this, uh, talking a little bit different. And I think it could be, this is my opinion. Listen, let's try a role play. So I'd like you to hear a little. I'm going to speak to you, Avnissen, like the way I think she sounded. I, I'm so happy that you picked it up. And I was trying to sort of hint to it, but not say directly. But let me maybe play what your voice sounds like, and then you might hear what others think. And then we'll see what it is. Again, uh, and I don't mean to make fun, because I could see some of, the, some of the listeners will go, oh, how dare you make her feel bad. No, 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 I do this with clients. This is a role play that we practice. So sometimes when you hear the way it sounds, so like, what do I do when I speak to people sometimes? They give me advice, but I don't want their advice. I just want them to listen to me. So how could it happen? And then when they give advice, I'm so hurt. What would you say, Harvness, and that is that... Close well, it's not close. Is it similar or something it's, to the way she sounded? It's it's quite similar, quite similar. Okay. But with her, how did that voice sound to you, Ms. Dunn? Oh, you look, oh me? I I, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't realize that. Can you say it again? Because I didn't realize you were doing it. I was it. trying to sound the way you sound. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to go share with you words. I'm just going to share a tone. Oh. Uh, 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 uh. So when I speak to people and then they're not giving me the time, it's so painful. I really just want them to validate me. It sounds How does like, that tone? Huh? Yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Now try to say the same question more powerful and more confident. <laughs> and isn't it amazing the way of Nissen that he calls himself not a professional, how well he did it? <laughs> yep. He picked it right up. Um, when I talk I to I have people, a question, a sentence, statement. Sentence? Um... Talking to people makes me feel very good. No, you can be say the same things. When I talk to people, I don't feel good. Okay. I want to share with them an issue, and they give advice instead of value. You can say the same words, just change the tone. It's not such a, oh, I'm so pained. I'm so vulnerable. I'm so weak. When I talk to people, I don't like how they respond so often, and it gets me very... Um, Annoyed and and it hurts me when they tell me what to uh, when they tell me what to do instead of giving me validation. Yeah. Is that better? Much. Arvinissa, what do you say? Let's uh, see what the non-professional says. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think that what happened that she's studying okay and then she let it go down again, you know, and with all the long sentence, you know, like this, you know. Yeah, yeah, I understand what I'm saying. Just try to stay. I'm telling you, it's a take practice. Look at the mirror, talk to yourself, but not with a whining tone. <laughs> yes, you can do it. Yes, I can talk with the people and I just tell my problem and that's no problem with them, you know, with me. You can do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank yeah. you very much. Now, I want you to realize this is what we do in therapy called a role play. And Harav Nissen got it. He's got it natural. 
Maybe he should change yeah. to be a therapist instead of a... Uh, I agree. I have a very, very good friend of mine that he is a computer programmer. And I always tease him and another friend go, like, when I, sometimes when I want some advice, I call him up, or I want his opinion, and I tell him, and this advice is from a computer programmer. He's like such a natural therapist, or a bunch of them has given him. He needs the skills and the tools, which due to different circumstances, Charles, you could learning, but, yeah, that's so powerful, and her Nissen is that powerful. Yeah, 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 Baruch Hashem, Hashem. Yes. Okay, thank Excellent. you. You're welcome. Okay. Go to Mrs. So someone would like to call in? We've got... Yeah, we go to the Mrs. Oh. Mrs. L, okay? And I think this yeah. will finish the session, right? Yes. Hello? Yeah, hello? Yes. Yes, hi. Could you just speak up? It's coming up very low. Uh, I'm calling you on behalf of my daughter. She's shy. She wants to Okay, but can you speak up stronger? We, you're not shy, Baruch Hashem. This is the loudest my phone goes. Do you hear me? <clears throat> okay, Harvinus, how do you hear it? Uh, okay, a little bit low, but uh, okay, we can try to go ahead. manage. We've got uh, two minutes to go. Let's hear it. Uh, she wants to say thank you for your show. She really enjoys it. And she also wanted to say thank you to you for making her, her father better, a bit better in order to be a better father. <coughs> Um, Thank you. Uh, I have a question. I'm remarried now, and somehow it got to the stage where we call both tatties tatty. <coughs> and my two-year-old son is getting a bit confused because his real tatty comes once in every three weeks. And my hus- current husband, he sees daily. So he's getting a bit confused. I wonder what we can do to change it. Okay. Ravnison, what would you say? Quick advice. Uh, I think that it will be natural for the kids to understand it. Don't get, don't do it, uh, you know. Because uh, my older one just did it naturally. What? My older one did it naturally. She gave my current husband the name. Okay. Like she decided they're both called Tati. Okay. Well, no problem with So that. what's the problem? The problem is that my three-year-old son is confused. It, it, it will be. To work out who's who. It will take time a little bit, but I don't think if you if you if you be strong uh, with your with uh, your point about it, this is your, your new father. This is you know working, and this is it will be natural. I think I don't see uh, so any problem. With, with time, with his age, he'll realize what's what. Yes. Because when he sure, and sometimes if he's not so velvet, Tati, he says, he "Which Tati?" Confused. You could say. Oh, Tati Weinberger, or Tati, yeah, or whatever the last name, or Tati Friedman. That's what we do, but In other words, do you ever have something to say, Bobby is coming? Bobby. Oh, which Bobby? So if you know you're talking about Bobby Weinberger, then you know, oh, it's Bobby Weinberger. But if you're not, or which Bobby? They say, oh, it's Bobby Bornstein. So you can, titles are okay. Kids get it. And the time there's a confusion, you use their last name. Because that when he comes back from visiting his father, he he's like he doesn't always want to come home, and then sometimes he's like wondering what's going on. Like my husband told him, like come, we're going in this cottage car now. So he's looking from one to the next. Like what's going on here? One has nothing to do with the title Tati. This is now separate issue of a divorce. How do you have when kids come back? When kids want to stay with their other parents? 
or they don't want to go to a parent, that's because of time-wise, we got to go. But call in Mertzstrom next week. This is a topic that's extremely important. There are a lot of divorces that go on. This is a lot of common. Almost every divorce will have this issue of their younger kids or the kids coming and going to the from one set of parents to the other set and how to deal with it. Unfortunately. The problem is he only sees him once in every three weeks. It's not about the problem. Let's Due to time-wise, we need to go. And I really want to address your question. Do you think you can, Mertzstrom, call us up next week? Wonderful. We can give you some time. It's a very important topic to create an awareness. What to deal with when you have parents in the divorce going from one house to the next, and a kid doesn't want to go or doesn't want to go. It's, it, I feel it's a great awareness and airtime. You're right, I'd like to thank everyone, Harv Nissen, for having this wonderful program. Another wonderful week. A pleasure being a co-host with you. <laughs> thank you very much, and good night. And all the good best. Good night. Hatzlacha.